You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I'm really trusting that you'll have an encounter with Jesus today. That today is a day of salvation for you, a day of breakthrough, a day of change for you to step into the promises that God has given you. You know, sometimes we can walk with a promise, but we never walk in the promise. There's a difference. There's a difference in seeing something and getting something. It's like doing window shopping and looking at everything and then actually walking into the shop and buying it. So sometimes we need to change our way of thinking because the world has programmed us And sometimes we by ourselves, when we face challenges, we go into a default fear mode. Let me just back off. Am I talking to the right people here? So I had a moment like that this week when I was reading a scripture and I got stuck on the scripture. So I know you'd love to know what is the scripture. Amen. Let's go there. Deuteronomy 20. Deuteronomy 20, verse 1. All about the promised land. Amen. It says, when you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you. You know, sometimes we go into a situation And it's just so much bigger than us. It becomes overwhelming. You know what I'm talking about? You face something, you think you're going into this, and you're going to meet with two people or two challenges, and suddenly you sit with 20,000 challenges. Am I talking to the right people? It says, when you see the horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid. When, when you see do not be afraid, it's just another way to say remain in faith. Remain in faith. For the Lord your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt is with you. So let me just stop here quickly. When you are only seeing the promise, God is with you. Amen? And God will take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. But here's the part that got my heart. Verse 2, when you are approaching the battle, not when you are seeing the enemy, when you are approaching the battle, now you're getting into it. The priest shall come near and speak to the people. God was just ministering to me there that when people go into challenges, be the one to share the word, be the one to encourage them, be the one to give them direction, be the one to lead and guide them in what to do. He says, let the priest shall come near and speak to the people, and he shall say to them, hear, O Israel, O hear, O church. You are approaching the battle against your enemies today. Not tomorrow, today. Because faith acts now, faith believes now, faith receives now. Some battles that you are supposed to fight and be victorious over things, you've been postponing them to tomorrow for too long. Today is the day that you're going to deal with those things. Amen? 
Can I have a loud amen? amen. Hallelujah. He says, do not be faint-hearted. Do not be afraid. Do not panic. Do not tremble before them. And I looked at this and I thought, yes, God, didn't the guys got it on the first? Do not let your hearts faint. Then he says, do not let your hearts faint. Do not become afraid. Do not panic. And do not tremble. You know what he's saying? He's saying, you know what's going to happen? In your heart, your heart's going to melt. You're going to become faint-hearted. In your spirit, your heart is going to become... Then in your mind, you're going to get afraid. Your mind is going to start playing... Look how big they are. Look how many they are. It's going to start playing games with you. It says, and when you believe that you cannot do it, and you think that you cannot do it, then you start to panic. You just want to run away. Let me just get away from here. Let me just run out. And then it gets so bad that fear can paralyze you because fear is more deceptive than Satan himself. You start to tremble. (laughs) And that's what happened with them the first time around. They saw themselves as grasshoppers and they ran away. I see, God, you're you're really rubbing it in here, reminding them, listen... (laughs) For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. And when I looked at this, I realized, while you're still seeing your enemy, God is with you. But as soon as you step into that battle, God is fighting for you. Many of you have not had your victory because you've never stepped into the battle. Because every time you see those giants, you run away. <clears throat> Am I talking to the right people here? Have you been facing... You thought you were going to face one giant, and now suddenly you're facing 20 giants. He says, don't be faint-hearted. Don't become afraid. Don't panic. And don't tremble. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Anybody had a panic attack in the last week? Don't be shy. I mean, you know, sometimes we're so scared to, to call something you know, the church fell into a thing that, oh, just don't confess and say trouble, you know, just say something, a matter. What nonsense. Go read Psalm 91. David says, in the time of trouble, he will deliver me. Sometimes just call trouble, trouble. And then go sort it out. Amen. Why is God saying to them, saying to the priests, tell them, don't become faint-hearted. Don't be afraid. Don't panic and don't tremble because God's got your back. And that will lead me to our sermon topic for today. God's got your back. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, God's got your back. You know, let's just think about this for one minute. Any of you got a promise from God? So he's leading them into the promised land, and he says, the first thing that you're going to face are giants. The first thing that you're going to experience is opposition. We are so close to God that God calls himself the vine and we are the branches. But God is walking with us and God is with us 
But as soon as you hit a little bit of an obstacle, you're in a panic, become faint-hearted, become afraid, tremble, and run away. Because when you see a giant, you think, what's happening, God? Let's just go back to, let's go back to Deuteronomy 1 quickly. You know, it was 10 spies, 10 spies that kept them out of the promised land. There were only two of them that said, we can do it. Turn to the person next to you and say, this message is just for you. Listen carefully because you'll have to reset your faith. Are you ready? Let's go. Deuteronomy 1. There we go. Then they took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us. And they brought us back a report and said, it is a good land. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's a good promise. It's a good land. They says, it's a good land which the Lord our God is about to give us. He's going to give it to us. Yet you were not willing to go up but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you grumbled in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go up? Our brethren have made our hearts melt, saying the people are bigger and taller than we, the cities are large and fortified to heaven. And besides, we see the sons of the Anakim there. Then I said to you, do not be shocked nor fear them. Here in the beginning, he just says, don't be shocked. Later on, verse 20, he said, okay, let me just help these guys and explain to him what a shock means. Shock means faint-hearted, afraid, panic attack, trembling. He says, do not be shocked nor fear them. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you on your behalf, just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Isn't this so the nature of man? Because the Lord hates us. Ever prayed and God has given you a promise of the promised land? And now as you're moving towards the promised land, you see a giant. God, do you hate me that I have to face a giant? You then said you're giving me the promised land. Am I talking to the right people here? Have you faced something and somebody questioned the love of God towards you? If God loves you, why are you going through that? If God loves you, why do you have to fight giants? Why is it so quiet? Have you been facing some giants? The enemy wants you to think that God does not love you. Because when you know that somebody loves you, they'll do everything for you. Can I tell you something? It's time to reset your mind. When you see a giant, your mind has been programmed, God hates me. It's time to reset your mind and to say, when I see a giant, it means God's got my back. God's got my back. Giants mean God's got my back. It doesn't mean he hates me. He's got my back back. Amen. Turn to the person next to you say, I'm busy reprogramming my mind. 
He said, I've got your back. I carried you out of Egypt. Now I'm going with you into the promised land. And as soon as you enter into that land and engage in battle, I'm going to fight for you. And I'm going to give you the victory. There are too many people around you that are saying it's not possible. The economy, the rand dollar, the diesel price, the petrol price, the whatever. That's not in God's economy. That's not in God's economy. God is above all those things. Amen? Caleb believed God had his back the whole time. You know, when I think about this man, I mean, 40 years old, I mean, just the process to keep his heart pure towards those 10. I mean, just think about it. God has given you a promise. You're in the promised land. Now you come back to give a report. And 10 of your brothers, leaders, serving with you, praying with you, keeps you away from what God promised and destined for you. That's an offense of a next level. Hmm? Am I the only one that thinks about it? I mean, just to forgive those guys must have been, Jesus, help me. Amen. (laughs) But he kept his heart in Canaan. He kept his heart pure. He kept that promise alive. And he knew God backed him all the way. A matter of fact, 40 years later, the Bible says he's 85 years old. He's looking at these youngsters and he's saying, listen here, let me just tell you quickly how it's going to work now. He says, Joshua, give me my mountain. He says, that high places and where those big giants live that caused you to panic, that caused you to become faint-hearted, that caused you to be afraid and to tremble. I'm 85 years old now. God's had my back all the time. When I put my foot on that mountain, I put my foot there. If the Lord is with me, and I know he's going to back me, I'm going to kill all those giants. And I'm going to possess that mountain. And all of you that got afraid, your mommies and daddies that got afraid and never went in, I'm going to kill those giants that made them afraid so that you can go in and possess what you have to possess. We need some people to step up and say, I know God's got my back. Joshua and Caleb knew everywhere they put their feet, God has given it to them. God has given it to them. You know what's one of the biggest contaminations in people's hearts, robbing them of their blessing. Doubting God's love. It's because the Lord hates us. He's brought us to the promised land, to the giants. Turn to the person next to you say, when you see giants, reprogramming your mind, it means God's got your back. Giants mean God's got your back. Amen. The wilderness didn't make Joshua and Caleb bitter. 
made them better. Because they said, even in the wilderness, God's got my back. God's got my back. Amen. Faint-hearted. Panic. Afraid. Tremble. He says, you're going to want to do those things. But when you feel that those things want to grip your heart and you see those giants, let it be a reminder. I've got your back. Caleb says, I want to go back to that place that made them tremble, that made them panic, that made them hearts melt. And I want to go deal with those giants. God's got your back. Can I just tell you something? There's always going to be giants in the promised land. There's always going to be high walls in the promised land. There's always going to be high places in the promised land. When you go to occupy the promised land, that's what you should expect. You should expect that. But know that God has called you for a purpose. He's called you for a purpose. That's what Romans says. And everything is working together, falling into place so that you can do what you have to do. It's where you put your feet, your feet, that God's going to give to you. Not what you see, where you put your feet. You know what's the problem that most Christians have? <clears throat> Can I just be honest? We become so spiritual, and we go on our knees. Lord, thank you for the promises that you have given me. I claim the promises, O oh Lord, from the north, the east, and the south, and the west. Lord, you've promised me a good job, O oh Lord. You've promised me a good career, Lord. Those that are single, you've promised me a good spouse, O oh Lord. You've promised me a good education, O oh Lord. You know the thoughts that you have toward, and we claim all these things. Lord, I claim, I know, Lord, you've blessed me with every blessing that's in Christ Jesus, O oh Lord. It's my blessings, and we claim it. We do all those things, and it's good. But where's your feet? in the air. Some of you that want a good job, you're going to have to submit an application for that job. God's not going to bring the job to you. Some of you that want an application for a, to go study, you're going to have to submit that application to go and study. The Lord said He's going to educate me. The, the degree is going to come to me. God's not going to post a degree from heaven. You're going to have to study and finish your matric and then apply to go to university. The university is not going to call you and say, we've heard about you. You're so amazing. An angel appeared to me. I want to bring an application form to you. No, no, no. Some of you are going to have to get your feet onto that campus and start walking there and start seeing yourself studying at those campuses. But you are waiting, seeing Nothing is happening. Lord, you've blessed me to be a blessing. I'm so blessed, Lord. No, take what is in your pocket and start being a blessing and go help somebody. Instead of saying, I'm going to be this blessing. Some of you, God has called me to be a financial channel to the kingdom of God. Oh, if you just know what kind of a channel I'm going to be. But you cannot even give 10 rand. You cannot even give a grace and miracle seed. But you're going to write checks for stadiums for people to preach to fill them. 
You're in La La Land. <laughs> You're going to see it and God will be with you. But it's when you step into the promised land and you start facing those challenges, when you've submitted your application and they say that it's processed and you pitch up at the university and they go in the system and they say, we've never heard of you. you say, what? But I've, here's the proof. I don't, okay, there's the first battle. Okay, God, what are we going to do? Help me, fight for me. Take me to the right person. Lead me to the right person to get this thing resolved, to get it sorted out, God. Hmm? Bought the property, signed the contract. Now you want to register the property and the title deed is suddenly gone. It's a battle. To put your hand to it. The kingdom of God is at hand. Everything you put your hands to, God will bless. But some of you standing with your hands in the air, God bless my hands. I want to be a financial blessing. I want to be a blessing to others. Just reach in your pocket what you've got and start giving it. Just start being a blessing. Amen. If you don't have money, give your time and just help. Amen. Joshua had to wait 40 years. And he said, give me my mountain. I'm not going to back off now. You know, if you have a high hill to climb and you know God has called you for high places, you know what the book of Habakkuk says? He makes my feet like that of a deer, and he leads me on my high places. If God is going to lead you or take you to a high place, guess what? He's first going to strengthen your legs, your ankles, so that you can run up any hill. The problem today is I'm comparing myself to somebody else, and I'm running up their hill just to get to the top and realize, oh, my word, I'm on the wrong hill. I'm supposed to be over there. Because you're comparing yourself to somebody else. When God has made your feet strong like that of a deer, and you can run up any hill, let it be the Lord himself who will lead you up your high hill. Amen. Can I leave you with another thought just to meditate upon? You know what God said to Israel? What are you saying about your giants? What are you saying about the giants that you are facing? Because you know what the Bible says. God said to Israel, what you say about your giants is what I'm going to do to that giant. What you say about the giants, that's what's going to happen. So if the giants are going to be bigger than you, is determined by what you say about the giants. But if you say, my God is bigger than the giant, guess what? Your God will be bigger than the giant. Joshua and Caleb understood this. David understood this when he got on the battlefield. When he got on the battlefield, everybody was panicking because of Goliath. They'd become faint-hearted. They were afraid and they were trembling. David gets on the battlefield and says, God's got my back. What's going on here? They said, there's a giant. But the man that kills him is going to marry the king's daughter get a lot of money, and his family is never going to pay taxes. He says, what? Just tell me again. God's got my back. This is too easy. What's going to happen? Going to marry the king's daughter, going to get a lot of money, and your family is never going to go pay taxes. His brother even rebukes him. He says, you're arrogant. He says, I'm not arrogant. God's got my back. I'm going to go kill this giant. When that giant shouted, 
at David and said to him, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air. He didn't panic. He says, I've got news for you. Let me tell you something, buddy. I'm going to kill you today because you've not come against me. You've come against my God. You think you're fighting me. God's got my back. You think you're fighting me. I'm the one who's going to kill you. I'm the one who's going to chop off your head and I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air. You know what most of our Christians do? We say, Lord, thank you. You've given me the victory over the giant. Thank you, Lord. The giant will fall. Thank you that the giant has fallen. Not David. He picks up the stones and he runs towards the giant. Faith acts now. It's not knowing that God can kill the giant. It's running out on the battlefield and saying, I know you've got my back, God. One stone is enough. Kills the giant. Kept his solid front when that giant wanted to kill him. Let me tell you something. It's intimidating. When a giant shouts at you, I mean, his mouth is 10 times bigger. His vocal cords are bigger. Everything that's coming out of his mouth is louder. David just kept his solid front and said, no, it's not personal. You've not come against me. You've come against my God. Amen. God says to Israel, he says, tell them, surely, as you've spoken in my hearing, that's what I'm going to do. Family, listen to me. Your confession gives you possession. Be very careful what you say in your situation. When you see a giant... Reprogram yourself and don't say he's big. God's got my back. God's bigger. Amen. Faith demands a free heart. Joshua and Caleb understood that. That's why they didn't start murmuring and complaining. Am I talking to the right people? What are you doing about your giants? Are you murmuring and complaining about your giants? Are you declaring the promises of God? The reason why they could not enter into the promised land, Hebrews tells us that, Hebrews 3, it says, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Unbelief. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed... The gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest. As he said, so I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. They all heard it was a good land. They all heard that God said, I'm with you. I'm going to fight for you. They heard the word, but it was not mixed with faith. Do you know how do you mix it all together? The only proof of your faith is your obedience. You need to take action. Not just read it, not just know it, not just memorize it but do it. The thing that kept them out of the promised land was not on the outside, was on the inside. It was not the giants that they saw, it was the unbelief on the inside. Turn to the person next to you and say, victory starts on the inside. 
Do you know how you get your faith levels up? You spend time with the master of faith, Jesus Christ himself. When you read this word, this word is filled with power. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you spend time with Jesus, your faith will go to a new level. Your faith will go to a new level. Many of you have changed your confession about giants because you're not spending enough time in this anymore. You're reading more newspaper, reading more reports out there than getting this in here. We need hearts that will not murmur and complain. A heart without grudges, a heart without hate, hatred. Why? Because as soon as they said the Lord hates us, faith cannot work because faith works through love. Am I helping some of you here? That's why you have to check this the whole time to see what's going on here. The grateful heart says, thank you, Jesus, you've got my back. When you see that giant, thank you, Jesus, you've got my back. Thank you, Jesus, you are with me. Thank you, Jesus, you will fight for me. Thank you, Jesus, you hold my future in your hands. Thank you, Jesus, that you are busy perfecting everything concerning me. Thank you, Jesus, it might be a high hill, but you've strengthened my feet and made them like that of a deer that I can go up my high places. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, is a response from a grateful heart. But when you start murmuring and complaining, listen to what your heart is saying. It's snitching on you. Maybe you're not mixing faith with the word anymore. You've allowed the word of God to be choked out of your heart. And that's why it's difficult for you to believe the promises. Some of you have let go of your promises. It's not just walking with the promise in your heart, but it's walking in the promise. Walking into the promised land. Many of us have got a promise and we're holding on to it, but we've never stepped in because we don't want to face those giants. Some of the things you were supposed to face a long time ago, he says, today, these enemies that you are facing, I'm going to be with you. Everybody desires to climb the high mountains of success, the high places of breakthrough. They, they want to go up the ladder of deliverance to experience that breakthrough, but it takes courage. It takes some discipline. It takes some guts. takes some reprogramming. Any of you have let go of some promises? It's never too late to say, God, just stir it up in my heart again. Stir it up in my heart again. And take me, Lord, from where I am to where you want me to be. Turn to the person next to you and say, God's got your back. Tell them again, say, God's got your back. Go check your heart. Is this heart still light? I was meditating even in this, in this time that I was away. Lord, restore the joy of your salvation back unto me. Some of you are serving Jesus, but you're not happy serving Jesus. We, you sometimes just see it on the face. I love you, Jesus. I love, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Huh? Some of you, when you have to come to church, it's like a burden. Where's the joy of being in God's presence? Hmm? Where's the joy? 
It's like coming to church is like facing a giant. Coming to church is not a giant. It's what we do, amen. It's where we get strength to deal with giants. Realize that unforgiveness and bitterness and revenge and ungratefulness in your heart is the thing that will pull your spiritual life down so that you will not be able to inherit your promises. Victory starts on the inside. Go deal with those disappointments. Those 10 brothers that kept you out of the promised land, go and forgive them. Let it go, amen? Am I talking to the right people here? Say, Pastor, you're talking about 10. Huh, 10 is nothing. (laughs) Joshua and Caleb were lucky. (laughs) It's not how many people have offended you, how many times you got hurt. It's how many times can you forgive you know, you, you only truly fail when you fall and you don't get up. But if you get up every time, you're still busy succeeding, moving towards your promise and what God has planned for you. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. In conclusion, amen. <laughs> the giants that you face in the promised land does not mean God hates you. It means God's got your back. It means God's got your back. Whenever you face an enemy, whenever you face a challenge, whenever you face a difficulty, a high heel, a Jericho wall, a giant, whatever you want to call it, let it be a reminder that God has got your back. Amen. That he's going to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Faith acts now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. Amen. So many of you that's been running away from some challenges and difficulties, whatever you want to call it, it's time to go kill those giants. Amen. As God spoke to Joshua, he's speaking to us today. The first thing he said to Joshua, he said, listen, every place you put your foot down, I've given that to you. If you don't put your foot down there, it's not yours. Amen. So you're going to have to take some action and move towards it. For some of you that's trusting God, for a spouse, maybe you're going to just have to start to talk to some people. Amen. Not just be there in the corner. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Bring her. If you look like that, she's not not going to come. Amen. She's just going to, he's weird. eh? He's weird. I bless you. I claim you come. No. Go to her and say, hello, can I take you for a coffee? Amen. Can we step into mug and bean and just sit down? (laughs) Otherwise, it's never going to happen. Amen. I don't care what culture you're from. Amen. You're going to have to take some action. You're going to have to crack a smile and just at least smile at her or smile at him. Amen. Ladies, this is for free. Oftentimes, you're going to have to just first smile at the guy. Amen. They know, they think they're hunters, but they, they're just so scared. They, they faint-hearted. They get afraid. They panic when they see you, and then they start to tremble. <laughs> Can we go for a coffee, please? <laughs> so some of you are just going to just 
release the man from his misery and kill that giant and say, do you mind going for a coffee? It's coffee. In your mind, it's a coffee. It's not a marriage proposal. It's not an engagement. I'm not even asking for your number. I'm asking for a coffee. That's it. Amen? I think we must teach some young people on, on dating. Amen. Who have you been facing some dating giants? He gave the assurance and he said to Joshua, he said, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. You know what's the thing that, that, that bugged me? We look at people and we see people that are strong. I mean, here's Joshua and Caleb. they the two with a different spirit. they the two with the attitude, give me the, my mountain. And here God comes to the warrior with a different spirit and he says to him, Joshua, I want you to be strong and courageous. Just think about that. Even mighty men need encouragement. A matter of fact, if you read on, he says, I want you to be very courageous. He actually says, only be strong. He says, forget about everything. I want you to, you're going to have to stand strong when you go in here because it's not just about you. It's about the people that's following you as well. Amen? Sometimes the decisions that we make to be strong, to be courageous, is not just for ourselves, it's for generations to come. But God gave him the assurance and he said, I've got your back. I've got your back. I want you to know, Joshua, if you put your foot there, it's yours. I've given it to you. Some of you, some jobs that God has promised you, send those CVs out. Amen? Send those CVs out and apply. Amen? Some of you that want to go study, you need to apply. Amen. Some of you that trusting God for a car, maybe submit that application to the bank to buy the car. Amen. And maybe just go to the dealership and go get in some cars and smell that car and say, God, this is what I'm trusting you for. Instead of just letting you be out there, get a bit closer to it. Amen. After 45 years, this is the attitude. 85-year-old man. So I just want to tell you, anybody older than 85 years here? Okay, everybody under 85, you've got no excuse. <clears throat> the attitude of anybody 85 years old and younger is, give me my mountain. If God's got my back up till 85, I'm killing giants, I'm taking high places, and I'm strengthening and encouraging those around me that they will not become faint-hearted, they will not get afraid, they will not start to panic, they will not tremble. Because I'll show them and lead the way, the way that faith acts and possesses mountains. Amen. God's got your back. I want to read this last verse from the Passion Translation. My wife gave it to me this morning. It's so beautiful. I've added a little part to it. Passion Translation, Psalm 27, one of my favorite psalms. But the last verse, verse 14 says, here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint because God's got your back. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.